Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this episode of Hold My Drink, where we navigate the news with a chaser of civility. I'm Jen. And I'm Bron Shea. And we are your hosts. You're terrible, you're awful. Take it away, I thought I heard him say. Hey buddy, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking? Got myself a little... Box wine, Pinot Noir box wine, because I'm feeling fancy today. Box wine is mighty <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> How about you? Iced tea. Sweet tea. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it is Texas. That's right. And not everybody knows how to make sweet tea. <laughs> Some people think it's just you put sugar in there. Is, That's not it. Is it homemade sweet tea? I am going to say yes. It was made in somebody's home. So, what's on your mind today? So, I think what I'm really paying attention to this week is there's a lot of talk of misinformation, disinformation, fake news, and a lot of accusations from both sides of these sort of things. And it feels like we are more polarized now than ever, and we're not even looking at the same news or the same information. And that's really what's been on my mind this week. Well, there's a a good conversation we can get into about the difference between misinformation and disinformation. And there's a subtle distinction, but it's an important distinction to, to make. Disinformation is things that's intentionally put out that you know when you said it is false. Like the the moon is red. No, it's not. I just looked at it. It's it's white. No, it's red. You know that's that's false when you said it. Misinformation is things that you say that you didn't know it was false. So, uh, yeah, think of some kind of medical discovery and oh, they've told you that, hey, this cholesterol drug is safe. And then three years later, they're found out, oh, well, these long-term trials come back and it's not safe. Uh, yeah, that was kind of misinformation. And that wasn't a really good example. I'll think of another one. But where you got to be careful with disinformation is uh, sometimes people that are intending on disinformation try to play it as an honest mistake. Or mm-hmm. I didn't know that because you see some of that stuff happening with the Trump campaign and the whole alternative fact. They will say things that are later proven false, but then they try to claim that they didn't know at the time they said it that that was false. Okay, so you're, that reminds me of the story I sent you why white people owning dogs is racist. And <laughs> I sent you that email. The, 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 it was such a ridiculous story. It was just saying basically that we should give all of our dogs to black people because owning, you know, white people owning dogs is, is elitist and racist. And, and if you'll remember, I sent you an email and said, you're not getting my pug. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yep. I remember that. And it, that story, I mean, Governor Huckabee sent it out on Twitter, and you know, I mean, it made the rounds more than you know, more than just me sent it. And you, within minutes, was like, "This is this is this is miss is it was it disinformation or misinformation?" Uh, that I'm not sure that one really fits in either one because it was just a bullshit story to meant to to incite anger. Right. So that falls into a different uh, different category types of information. 
But you noticed right away that it, the United Wildlife Union that put this out, and that looked like a really good name, United Wildlife Union. Sounds, you know, legit, right? So you looked that up right away and <laughs> and found it to be false. What, 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 what was the tip off for you? People listening to the podcast might not know a little bit of my backstory, but I was in the Marine Corps as an officer. After I went to graduate school, I did information operations for United States Strategic Command, the command that's in charge of all the, the nation's nuclear weapons and all space prior to Space Force. Information operations is designed to use information to disrupt, corrupt, usurp human or automated decision-making processes. So we looked at tools like uh, psychological warfare, military deception, cyber attack, electronic warfare, even public relations. So we look at any kind of tool that can disseminate information and then figure out how can we manipulate that, produce a desired effect. So because of that experience and doing that at, at the national level against other nation states, I learned how to look for the, the telltale signs of disinformation mis or influence operations. So influence operations captures all of the, the different types of activities that are trying to influence people. And one of the, one of the key, uh, one of the quick telltale signs that I use every day and a simple one for everybody else to use is when you read something, if you feel a strong emotion, there's a very good chance that that is an influence campaign trying to get you to do something else. So it's like the old saying, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. A spoonful of emotion helps the bullshit go down. So if I can get you emotionally charged, real happy, uh, real angry, real sad, I can feed in this other information along with that story to mislead you for some future activity. So that case with the dog story, you say, I can't adopt dogs. So it immediately triggered my, like, hmm, that, that evokes a strong emotional thing. Then I started looking at, okay, the name of the organization. Wow, that's a very wholesome sounding name. It's almost like you picked that. And then I, if you remember, I went and looked at uh, the Internet Naming Association to, uh, to figure out when that URL was, who owns the URL and when they purchased the URL and discovered that the URL was purchased in like uh, April mm -hmm. or something of 2019. <laughs> so it's a very young URL. And it, you can't sometimes with it, well, those finding out who owns it isn't really going to tell you much, but. Uh, that one did. It was owned by another company that owned a bunch of other URLs. So that that immediately kind of sends off the red flags of okay, there's there's something else going on here. Yeah, that's that's how it. Well, more than that too. After you flagged it, was it was registered or at least connected to a group called Texas Vanguard? You look at Texas Vanguard on Twitter. It says the face of American fascism. Join us in the struggle for race and nation. I mean, and all this took you just a few minutes and then me just a few minutes when you flagged it for me to find out this was, you know, 
again, you, maybe it's in between misinformation, disinformation. I mean, disinformation in the sense that it was out there to purposefully create anger um, and was not, you know, le a legit, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely disinformation because it wasn't true, but it was designed to create this really strong energetic response. Yep. So, okay, give me, we, we verify that that was disinformation or, you know, just, just out there to create a, 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 to create anger, to create division. What are some other steps that you use when you are trying to verify misinformation or disinformation? I wish more people would just take maybe a minute tops. When you're seeing something interesting that you want to share with somebody else, first, read the article. I saw some statistic that like 80% of the things reshared on Facebook, the person never clicked and opened the thing that they're resharing. They just really? looked at the headline. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous how, how many wow. people just see the headline and like, oh, uh, kind of surmise what they think the story is about and then pass it on. Right. Uh, so at least just open the open the link and read whatever the article is, or at least skim it. And then um, the other thing that you should do is do like the the simple easy fact check. Go to Snopes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and ask, hey, is whatever the the article is, see if that article has been flagged in Snopes as being false, or if it's been verified as being true. And those two things alone take less than a minute and it will reduce the amount of disinformation and a lot of the the tension and friction that's being created on social media. And there's two other things that I've found as well, um, particularly, particularly in dealing with Twitter. So if the name um, is something like Jennifer578234, um, it has very little followers. That's very, that's, that's a flag that it's a bot. So if you've got, you know, Jennifer2374 retweeting a lot of political news, that's immediately raises a red flag. And then there's some even more nuanced stuff where you look at the images of people and, and bot created images are a little bit more pixelated and it's hard to do ears right and little things like that. That's too much. I mean, but it's, it's even, if, like you said, even if we just read the darn article, that we're sending out that would be novel and yeah. isn't that scary isn't that sad that that's yep. Novel, yep. novel to actually read what you're sending around yep. but then there's you know branch i think one of the reasons that we have gotten lazy if you will is there's just too much information there's i mean we are flooded with information and i think you know in some ways that in and of itself that flood of information is a disinformation campaign or plays into the hands of those who want to create a disinformation campaign and gives people bad actors an advantage over our society, particularly a society that's got kind of free flow of information that isn't, we don't restrict our information flow or very rarely do we. And it's just so much. You don't have, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you read these things and all you are doing is reading the, the headlines. You wouldn't make it through the day if you read everything you saw. So, I mean, what about that? That just flooding of information, what is that doing to us? If you give somebody too much information to read, they will have, they will have two kinds of 
things that either are either going to happen. They will uh, just stop reading and just accept, or they will slow down their pace of reading and then start skipping stuff, and stuff can just kind of get through. So the uh, the end result is by providing more information than you can consume, I can get you to let your guard down and I can get information inside of your thing or I can just slow down your decision-making processes by you, you just overwhelming and like, well, whatever. Okay, yes, click. Here's a great example. Oh, let me throw this in there and then I want to talk about this great example. Uh, the people that do these kinds of things flood you with information, fall I feel into two categories. Bad actors, either they're some kind of a nation state, uh, a criminal organization, a, uh, a terrorist kind of organization, or just some kind of bad actor group, or they're just bad companies. So here's the, the great example that I wanted to, to throw in here about uh, flooding with information. End user license agreements. So if you buy any kind of download software, download an app, there's going to be an, be an end-user license agreement with it. Have you ever read one of those agreements? No, uh, talking about flood of information. I mean, it's small print. You know, you're scrolling forever. No, I click, I yep. click it and so I go. So that's the perfect example of how bad actors and bad companies understand human nature I give you more than you mm -hmm. can possibly consume in a reasonable amount of time. I hide that you that's important in that end user license agreement in page 69, paragraph 32F, where you're, you'd have to read a whole lot to get there, just so I can make you accept the terms in this software so you never really paid attention to the part where it said, hey, I can uh, use your information to open up credit cards in your name and steal your house. What? I never would have agreed to that. Mm -hmm. Well, but you signed the end user license mm -hmm. or you clicked accept on the license agreement. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't know that was in there. Did you read it? No. Oh, well, it's your fault. You didn't read it. <laughs> so that's a uh -huh. perfect example of flood with information. You could easily make that, make that uh, end user license agreement like five bullet points that are the really important things. But no, that's that's not in the interest of the company because they want to, of bad companies, because they want to put some other bullshit in the end user license agreement and hide it. And you got to put a whole lot to hide it well. You know, I, I don't usually read them. One time that I did, it was for our cute little bitmojis mm -hmm. that we use, you know, our images of ourself where you create it yourself. And, and I remember it saying, and it did say it pretty clearly, that um, when you use this, so when I send you this silly picture of me, uh, my Bitmoji, it can read our, it has access to our mm -hmm. texts. Yeah. And that shocked yeah. me, you know? So I'm very, I do not have it um, on my keyboard because you can get it on yep. your keyboard. So what I have to do is I have to, I still have it because I want the damn cute mm -hmm. Bitmoji, but I have to go to the app click copy on the one mm -hmm. that I like and then paste it into so that it's not mm -hmm. part of my keyboard. But it was when it told you that it could read your text was when you installed it in the keyboard. It yep. didn't tell you beforehand, but when you were trying to install on the keyboard, it was like iPhone that said, by the way, this app can read. And I was like, yeah. what? 
So yeah. And then of course we've got all kinds of apps and whatnot. I mean, anytime right now, if we start talking about, I don't know, Eskimo pies, I guarantee you Facebook is going to tell me the newest, best Eskimo pie that I can go buy. I mean, it's like they're, they're li- it's listening. It's yeah. listening. So we're, clearly we're not reading yeah. everything. And um, so that, you know, so I mean, that piece, because companies have been training people for years to, uh, to not pay attention to detail so that they can pass shit off on you. Uh, advertisers have been flooding you with with commercials and stuff like that to get you to to buy on a whim and to make these uh, emotional purchases. People now we find ourselves in this position where our political processes and our form of government is in jeopardy because of this behavior that's been been instilled by bad companies and bad actors. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more funny story though, because it was just so crazy. It's one thing for me to be talking out loud and I find it on Facebook. I know that there's some apps that listen, but the other day we we're sitting around watching TV and you know, Blaine and I like Alaska mm-hmm. a lot. And I was scrolling through Facebook and all of a sudden I got all these ads for the Alaskan train mm-hmm. tours. And so I said to Blaine, Hey, by the way, oh my gosh, it's showing me Alaskan train tours. And he looked over at me, his eyes were bugged out and he goes, I was just searching Alaska trips. So he didn't say it out loud. He didn't, he wasn't on my, it was my, yeah. my phone started showing it. it so, I mean, the, somehow our IPs are connected, but he was searching on his yeah. own computer and, you know, I only mentioned it because we love yeah. Alaska. And he like, literally, he was like, no yeah. shit. He goes, I was literally just looking at Alaskan trips. I mean, I, yeah. oh my God, yep. this, this scares the shit out of me. So, yeah, so um, that's the type of stuff where, like, with uh, Blaine being in law enforcement, hopefully, kind of opened his eyes a little bit if he didn't already know uh, the scope and scale of collections activities that are happening. And not all these are government collection activities right. Facebook, Google, or Alphabet, whatever hidden back in these end user license agreements have your permission to do this stuff okay so you've already given like some solutions if you if it's something that makes you feel really really emotional um that's a that's a red flag spend the two minutes to to find where this information is coming from to just go to a simple fact check site um and i wanted to tell you like talking moving from what we were talking about with bad actors more back into disinformation and misinformation one of the things that I try to do is, so in the morning, I spend my mornings reading news from uh, pro- more progressive outlets, such as New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera. In the evenings, I you know, will touch on what Fox News is saying. And in between, I'm trying to actually read, like read real books. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, to make sure that I'm seeing things on all sides so that I'm not so disinformed or misinformed yep. i mean do you think that's another solution yeah so that's a great uh, great idea of a way to try to balance out the information that you're consuming but there's a problem even with that when you're worrying about state actors or well criminal global criminal organizations drug cartels 
any organization that has billions of dollars, what they will do when they're doing influence campaigns is they're going to drop a new a story on Fox News, then they're going to drop a story on CNN. So the stories are going to be spun a little bit, so it's appealing. The Fox News story appeals to uh, Republicans or conservatives, and the CNN story is spun to appeal to Democrats. And uh, both news agencies think that they're valid stories, and both news agencies have no, no idea where it really came from, that it was originated by this uh, global uh global organization or this large-scale well-financed organization and there's you're so right keep going sorry yep no that's uh yeah that's that's there's examples where an organization will will put an ad for uh, black lives matter issue and then yeah uh, place another ad in the uh the Proud Boys website to try mm-hmm. to get both sides to start talking about the same thing, but using these talking points that they ginned up, knowing that it will create an argument Man, and tension I, and friction. That's crazy. You're absolutely right. And I forgot back in the 2016 election, there was a site called Black Matters, and it really... Um, you know, uh, aligned itself with the Black Lives Matter. It turned out that it was a Russian bot or not, I don't, not a bot, but you know, Russian disinformation campaign. Then you've got something called the Heart of Texas. And the Heart of Texas was someone that, it was a group that wanted to succeed. Um, So really appealing more to kind of white nationalist stuff. And they were both found to be disinformation campaigns. But what's worse on top of that, there was something um, back, I believe it was in 2016, uh, yeah, 2016, there was one group called Stop the Islamization of Texas. And on their site, they wanted to have a rally in Houston at the Islamic um, Center. And then there was another site that was the United Muslims of America. Both of them were part of disinformation campaigns. And they also, on that same day, organized in Houston, in the same place, a rally. So two rallies, one against Islam, one pro-Islam, two group, I mean the same the same group organizing them so that they would actually create not just chaos in our minds with misinformation or information overflow, but actual literally chaos in the streets. Right. And I think that example was one where it's it's would have been a little bit different if let's say the the ad that went out to the white supremacist had said, "Hey, let's go to this Muslim rally and protest right, the Muslim exactly. rally," then you know what right. you're getting into. But the way this one worked out is right. neither right. campaign knew the other was getting there, was going there. They go to show up at their rally, and then these other people are there showing up for their rally, and each side mm-hmm. is like, "Oh, those came here to protest us." And neither one knew the other one was scheduled to be there. And then, yeah, you put two crabs in the pot and fights on. Let's do this thing. So I mean, that's just so crazy to me. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. I how, why, why, why do people do this? Like, why do, are there bad actors? What is their end game? 
why is this happening? I I don't understand. Yeah. So the uh, this get this could be a whole episode in and of itself talking about the why, <laughs> but we'll just stick to the uh, yeah. We'll synopsis. just <laughs> yep. We'll just stick with the two like big categories that are that are easy to digest. One is why is because Vladimir Putin, in his younger professional days, was a KGB officer when the Soviet former Soviet Union fell, and. Uh, Many people in the intelligence community, uh, I, I believe this, believe that Vladimir Putin has not accepted that fact, and still and wants to make wants to do to the United States what he saw the United States do to Russia, and that he probably firmly is planning to not go to his grave before he does everything within his power to to bring that back back upon us. So that's a, a very big why of, uh, uh -huh. for them. I've also heard one of my friends who's a Russian expert and just in the same line of what you were saying, say that, you know, keeping our community, our, the American society off guard, divisive, focused internally has us not focusing on Russia. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, we quote, won the Cold War, you know, yep. if you're going to say it. And so, so not only is it kind of maybe payback in some ways, like you said, but also it light lessens the likelihood that the U.S. is going to turn towards Russia or really pay much attention to what they're doing in foreign policy and in other, you know, world um, interaction. If we are so divided, we can't even figure out what's happening inside our country. So would you, would you agree with that as an uh, explanation? No, I don't agree with that. And just because of some of the analysis that was done when I was uh, working in that space, that people feel some intelligence analysts, some planners, national global security strategy planners, feel that Russia knows that Russia will never get back to great nation status. Russia mm -hmm. knows due to the size of their population uh, that they are never going to be a superpower on the same stage with the United States. So they realize that. So the idea of them trying to take our attention off the ball, off of their activities so that they can grow they don't think they're ever going to grow back and, and be on even ground with us. But what they probably are doing, uh, some are trying to do, that think that there's a possibility they could get back, is by doing these things, it can make the United States talk about Russia again or continue to talk about Russia so when you have the uh, the big bully in the school that that uh, mentions your name mm -hmm. you get a little bit of street cred and and people pay mm -hmm. attention so what russia is possibly just trying to do is maintain a little bit of street cred regional cred because the big dog uh mentions me so all the 2016 election interference, all the shit that Russia's doing, that gives them some street cred. 
that damn mm-hmm. if they were able to influence the United States they they must be good we got we got to be watching out for them but yeah mm-hmm. th- they don't think that they truly believe that if our eye gets off of them that they can uh, grow and become back to a, a near peer no uh uh-uh, listen the second group in there would be china yeah, I'll be- mm-hmm. so as china on the why would people do that so as you look at China, just geopolitically, uh, population-wise, uh, they, China, many people believe China has a real problem that the dollar is the, uh, is the currency of international business. So a country with a population of somewhere around 330 million mm-hmm is the global currency, and they've got a population of over a billion. Mm -hmm. So they've got a real problem with that, and they want want China to be the the center of all global activity. And so their efforts to to undermine the United States are as part of this longer, more grand strategy. I would even add to that, though, that... China is trying to hold its own country together. And so mm-hmm. by focusing on an actor outside of externally, they're able to create a internal sense of us versus them. So that really plays within the Chinese mindset as well. So they are very much into creating this bad guy so that they can keep the own their own foibles that they have domestically kind of in check by like pointing in the other direction, if that makes any sense. So I think that's another reason that um, China has gotten into the game as well, because they are worried that they might be losing some control domestically. And the best way to to deal with that is to have a bad guy internationally. And, you know, the U S makes a good, a good bad guy. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I think when we see all this disinformation that we have seen in 2016 that you and I have just spoken about, we know it's happening in 2020, maybe even more so. I mean, really, unfortunately, you know, we find out more after the fact than we do. But what really scares me, and I think what is so important for us taking these small steps, slowing down to take the small steps, to take the extra minute or two to fact check, is if we don't protect our minds, we're not protecting our country. And this hating each other, um, we're, when we hate each other, they win. We're playing right into their hands. And I, that's, that is, that is, it is a zero sum game in that way. Every time that we can't find a way to talk to each other or talk and, and only talk past each other. That's exactly that. What that what that was the end game, and they win. Yep. And I would even make it even simpler, so I wouldn't worry as much about the the winning and losing. Just focusing on the there's one piece of research I had seen years ago that talked about it takes more muscles to frown than it takes to smile. Uh, the amount of stress that's created when you get in an argument way is way more detrimental to your own wealth and health, wealth and well-being, health and well-being than uh, smiling and laughing. So 
trying to avoid these contentious arguments and conversations. Just do it for your own, the benefit of your own uh, life. Reduce the amount of stress in your life. Reduce the amount of yeah. energy you consume on, on things like frowning and getting your heart rate up and getting your high blood pressure going. Uh, be happier. Listen to your neighbor. Respect their, their point of view. Uh, have a good conversation and, and tell them to hold your drink as you, uh, as you talk about something. <laughs> Well, with that said, thank you for listening to this episode of Hold My Drink. Like or subscribe to the show and check out the show notes for links to source material and our, to our website where you can find what each of us is reading every week, different news with different views. If you have a topic that you would like us to explore, drop us a line. Join us next week as we say, hold my drink and the conversation gets real. <laughs> <laughs>